Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry and today I am joined by the Silent Hill Biker himself, Kenneth. Kenneth, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Very well. Okay, like the bottom of a well. There's a new Grudge movie coming out. Um, so, what have you been doing this week? Um, not really a whole lot. Um, I finished four seasons of Vikings. I binge watched that. And now I'm watching this very strange reality game show called Elevator, which actually kind of sucks. I think I've just I've just got it on as background, but it's a, it actually kind of sucks. I've seen much better of the reality contest shows. God, speaking of sucking, I uh, I I tried to watch um, Hellraiser Revelations today. Why? It, well, one of the the pod, one of the podcasts I listen to, I'm going back and listening to like all the early stuff, and uh, sometimes they have really weird. It's the Skeleton Crew, um, and sometimes they have really weird um, opinions. Like, um, and one of them was saying that they did like a mini reviews of Hellraiser uh, Revelations because, like I said, I'm going back and listening to the early early stuff, and uh, one of them like hated it, and the other one was like, I thought it was pretty good. So I was like, "Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it." I got like 30 minutes into it, and it's only an hour and 15 minutes long. I got 30 minutes into it, and I was like, "This is just fucking terrible." Like, I feel like the idea they had for the story could have been done very well, but instead they were like, "The idea is okay, but we're just gonna fuck it up. Everything yeah, we can what? do to fuck it up." That was, and just so I can clarify, because I think that was the one. That's the one that where Doug Bradley is not Pinhead, right? Correct. He is not Pinhead in this. Okay, yeah. That's the one that when uh, my buddy Alan brought that over to my house for us to watch it, I actually made it through the entire movie, and then as soon as the credits started rolling, I told him to get that piece of shit out of my fucking house. Yeah, like, at first I was like, okay, I like the plot idea. This might be pretty cool. I saw um, Pinhead, and I was like, why does Pinhead look like a 40-year-old white dude in a midlife crisis? I, it, it was just strange, man. And then, like, there's a he, he he there's another pinhead that he's adding nails to. There's another guy who's a pinhead. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I've only sat through it one time, and it was so terrible. That I, 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 don't I didn't even make it through it. it, but yeah, that's so that's what I did. Um, uh, while Alexis, wasting time. Yeah, and this week found out Alexis Arquette died. That is very true, and and that. Is really really sad. Um, she was a wonderful actress. Um, yeah, the I, first time I ever saw her was uh, when it was still uh, what Alex. Yeah, yeah. That which one was it? it? Was sometimes they come back again? I think it was the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the second one. I'm yeah, sure. that was the first time I ever saw her. Was in that, and that's when I became a fan of of her as an actress so well at that point it would be an actor but either way um you know and that and it does it kind of sucks and at an early age too because uh you know she was a very predominant figure you know what i mean so yeah especially i I, I hate it because like um at this in this current time in the world like this year has been like this year and the past year have been really really big for transgender rights and to have such a, a, a wonderful actress uh, who could have, like, really kind of helped helm a lot of transgender rights and move that forward, to see her die is just really sad, especially at this point in the world. So uh, I wish the best to her family. Um, 
and just want to say to them, I, they'll never listen to this, but we thank you for uh, letting her be her and letting uh, her have the career she did supporting her, and we thank her for giving us the joy in the acting roles she did. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people may disagree, but, you know, the Arquette family, I mean, that's a dynasty of family right there. You know what I mean? Uh, The, you know, you've got Patricia Arquette, you've got Alexis, and then uh, what was, uh, what's the other guy's name that was in Scream? I can't, I can't remember his first name. Yeah, you got him. So, I mean, they're, they're like a dynasty, especially in horror movies. I mean, all of them have been in horror movies. Yeah, you know, so that's that's another reason why I kind of, you know, I had that's the reason why I had to bring it up because not not only on top of you know the the predominant figure that she was, but on top of that, their whole family has been you know horror movie related. So it it just kind of goes hand in hand, you know. Yeah. So let's go from sad news to really awkward news because I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't really get mad at this, but I I, I really don't know how to feel, and that's um. There is going to be a Toxic Avenger remake, but Troma is not making it, but the director of Sausage Party is directing it. What's the director of Sausage Party's name? Do you know? No, because for some reason I put it in my notes and I didn't look it up because I'm an idiot and not good at my job. (laughs) Um, Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, No, I don't know, but uh, and I haven't seen Sausage Party yet, but all the trailers look fantastic. Everyone I've talked to said it was great. And I think if we have him directing it, I think it'll keep uh, its its com- its comedic value. I don't think it'll be that watered down. I think it'll be a little watered down, but I don't think it'll be that watered down. So, I, I don't know, man. Toxic Avenger is just too classic, dude. So It is, but I would... Co- I, I, like, when it comes to remakes, like, I'm so half and half on them because half of it's like... Me going, why don't y'all get some original ideas? And then the other half of it is like, please remake this series because then they'll re-put all the old ones out on Blu-ray and I can buy those. That makes perfect sense because I feel the same way. I don't ever think about it ahead of time like you do. I think about it after the fact. I'm like, oh, sweet. (laughs) Now all these are back on, uh, coming out in a new special edition. Let's get them. Exactly. So I'm kind of like, I'm like, and I try to be, I mean. uh, I'm running out of space. By the way, of well, for movies. Yeah, dude, I'm running out of space. I've got just all right. Get rid so of you, get rid of your kid. I'm not getting rid of my kid. You know, all right. So you know the racks that are in my house. I'm yeah. starting to stack them on top of them. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm running out of room. I have got. I don't even know how many movies I've got at this point. You know, in my room, I've got uh, all of my uh, all of my PS3 and PS4 games and my entire Supernatural series because I'm a Supernatural fan. And I've got, you know, all 11 seasons that are on DVD up there. And, uh, you know, in there, I'm just stacking them on top. I'm just I'm running out of room. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Are you are you a Sam guy or a Dean guy? I'm a Dean guy. Yeah, I'm a Dean guy. Yeah. And I mean sexually. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Totally. Yeah. Um, He's um, the cuter of the two. Oh, for sure. Um, we should, we'll have to do an episode one day whenever I finally get past season five I think I'm stuck in. The, the bad part about it is is I keep going back you know, to, to, to try to catch anything I missed or anything like that. And, I, and, and once you get past the apocalypse thing, once you get past that, it's very difficult in my for me. It's very difficult for me to go further into the series 
without losing interest right after the apocalypse. Hmm. Interesting. Um, let's get let's get back on topic here. Uh, Sorry. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this name right, so someone uh, correct me and call me names in the comments. Uh, Bencino del Toro is in talks for the Predator reboot. Benicio. Oh, Benicio? Okay, well, y'all don't have to uh, correct me. Kenneth uh, speaks fluent Italian. No, I've just heard it quite a few times. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's in talks for uh, the Predator reboot, which I... What? Who? Who is he going to play? I would play Honestly, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. I've, I've seen Benicio Del Toro do so many things, man, that I have no idea. Because, it, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right to have... To bring back Dutch and have Dutch redone. Well, well, actually, they said that this is a reboot instead of a remake, so there's a good chance we actually won't have any. We won't have Dutch or anybody like that, and it'll be just rebooting the franchise as and doing it as if none of the previous movies existed. Well, you didn't like Predators, did you? Um, no, actually, I haven't seen Predators. Uh, see, I love Predators. I thought, I thought the, the the direction that they went with Predators was actually really good because they went, you know, you're not on Earth. You went to their planet or to another planet that they chose to to have the battle on. So it was a lot different than, and and it was more than one, uh, you know, with it being more than one Predator, and then you got a whole group of people that they were that uh, that got pulled to this planet, and so. That was the reason why I, I really liked it. I actually wish they would have made a sequel to that, but if they're going to reboot the series, let's, I want to see where it goes. Yeah, and if, and, I mean, and if he's in it, go ahead. I, I was going to say if he's in it, because like I said, I've seen Benicio del Toro in so many different roles. I mean, from you know he was in Snatch and he was in uh, he was in that movie uh, with uh, Tommy Lee Jones where they were badass knife fighters. Uh, I think it's called The Hunted. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in that. He was in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You know, and he put on a lot of weight for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so with him being in all those, all these different roles that I've seen him in, you know, action movies, dramas, and things like that, I'm actually kind of curious to see what he would do in the role. And, uh, and I mean, especially, you know, if you're in a Predator movie, you and you're the main character in a Predator movie, you're going to have to do some pretty, some pretty decent um um, different physical things for it because you're, you know, you're in a battle. You're for your life against this thing that obviously is far superior to you at fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you got to you got to be on your game. So I would really like to see what they do with him in it. I would really like to see them do a uh, Alien versus Predator movie based off the actual arcade game because uh, my local arcade actually they got it in a couple months ago and I went down there and I beat the whole game. Um, because it's unlimited continues, wow. and uh, they it, like there's some kind of interesting characters. I'd actually like to see them do that. Um, but what's your favorite Predator movie? Is it the first one? Mine's the second. I would I would probably have to go with the first one because I remember the first one from when I was a kid. Um, there will always be that's another one of those that's near and dear to my heart because I will uh, I you know I've been watching it since I was a kid so. I'll never forget those moments. Like, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments in the original is when he is when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger throws that big knife into that dude, and then he's like, "Stick around." 
You know, that's one of my favorite moments in that. And then uh, the other one is when the Predator jumps in the water from really, really high and then comes out. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's got all the mud all over him and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, get to the chopper. You know what I want to see? Uh, lethal Weapon versus Predator. Who? Are you, are you Mel Gibson against the Predator? Like, but like, like Mel Gibson and Danny... And uh, like, well, we've like, already seen Danny Glover. I know, but I want to see like Lethal Weapon Four meets Predator Two. That would be cool. I mean, I like the idea, and I want of them to have going with Predator Two. Yeah, I, I want them to have the 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 Jet Lee Predator. That'd be cool. A, a coke dealing Jet Lee Predator. Can That'd we make cool. that happen, Hollywood? Like, you're doing all these remakes and mashes up, and I'm handing you stuff on a copper platter for you to, like, just make <laughs> me happy and make everyone else super pissed. Well, getting back to what you asked me, you know, Predator 2 is... It, I like the idea of it. I thought the end of it was really, really cool when you see Danny Glover inside the, the predator? ship. Predator? Inside the Predator? Are we talking Predator porn now? <laughs> We're talking about the ship inside the ship, you know, where he sees Pre the um, where he sees the different weapons from time that they've taken his trophies, things like that. I, I, I like that aspect of it. But overall, I just couldn't. The idea of the Predator being in the city was a cool idea. I just don't think it was executed as well as it could have been executed. Um, but I mean, you know, if they were to if they were to reboot that one and do it now and had the right director, I think that would be actually a better idea for now. Well, now I want to see Predator versus Big Black Cock. My God, man, you've got a one-track mind this evening. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, we, and like, we can keep it in this the This is city. the kind of conversation we'll you play, were trying to get me in before we even started the podcast. We'll play, we'll play Guns N' Roses' uh, Paradise City in the background. And the BBC. And the BBC, <laughs> BBC versus Predator. We okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Let's. Okay. So, the movie we're doing today. Kenneth actually chose this movie um, because before uh, yesterday, I think I had only seen this movie once in my life, um, and that's uh, the 1992 Francis Ford. Uh, is it Coppola or Coppola? Coppola. I think it's Coppola. Okay, Coppola, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I'm going to bring up the same thing I brought up to you when we were talking about it before. I find it ironic that you've only seen this movie like one time, but you have three different versions of the video game. I, I actually looked. I've got the Super Nintendo version, the regular Nintendo version, the Sega Genesis version, and the Game Boy version. My Game Boy is still uh, version of the game is still sealed. Oh wow! Um, I've got it complete in a box for Super Nintendo and original Nintendo. Um, and for Genesis, um, I, I need the manual. I've got the game in box, but I don't have the manual for some reason. And uh, I, yeah, I love those games. I, I think the, the the original Nintendo version is the best one of them. And I find it odd that they made video games for this movie after rewatching this movie. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, and why it was, was crazy? It was crazy when it came out because I remember when the movie first came out on the VHS. You, you know, when they had the advertisements on the beginning of VHSs, they had the advertisement for the video game. You know what's even weirder than the video game, though? Did you know that Topps, the trading card company, made trading cards for this movie? No. They did. And what's even... But I did find something cool when I found that out. Um, you like Hellboy, right? 
Yes. Mike uh, Magnola, I don't know how to say his last name. I'm really bad at pronouncing names. He actually did a lot of the art for the cards. It's interesting when you take the time to think about how merchandising was back then versus merchandising now. Yeah, everything comes out for kids, even if it's R-rated. Well, I mean, I don't mean like that. I mean, like, all right, you remember back in the day, like, when, um, and this may be a little bit before your time, and, and I know you didn't really care for this movie. All right, all right, I'll take another one into consideration. Was the first Batman when it came out, the Michael Keaton Batman, was that before your time? Uh, I actually saw that in theaters as a baby. As, okay. My dad, my dad's, How a, you old know, my dad's, you? A, my dad's a huge, uh, one. Okay, so you won't remember what I'm talking about. Dude, like Burger King and all the rest of them, man, there was Batman shit everywhere. They did the same thing for Jurassic Park when it came out. Now, there Jurassic was, Park, I remember. Right, okay, you remember the merchandising where everywhere you went, there was Jurassic Park shit. Um, uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas when it came out, man, uh, Burger King had the, uh, the watches that you could get, the cool merchandising stuff. Now... It's just action figures and stuff that you you can catch in in um, you know like GameStop or or, or in uh, you can go to Toys R Us and find some of it. But the merchandising to me, it just and this is me being nostalgic. It's just not the same as it used to be, and I've I've actually missed that. So I actually look back on it and think that the stuff that they did. For this movie, for the merchandising, like making the video games and, and doing the tops trading cards, and I'm sure there were other things that I just can't remember, you know, when this movie came out. And then on top of that, the Annie Lennox soundtrack. When this movie came out, it's the song that plays at the end of the at the very end, like you've got your uh, you've got your normal score during the credits, and then the Annie Lennox song is the last thing for the credits. Um, eat that, dude! It was everywhere. You heard that song everywhere. My mom was infatuated with it. Yeah, I remember when Titanic came out, you could not get away from My Heart Will Go On. But you get what I mean. And and like I said, it's just things are not done that way anymore. There it it it's sad to me that that things are not pushed the way they used to be pushed with merchandising and whatever else. Like uh, The Walking Dead, you know, when that came out, you can get your special edition Blu-ray box sets that are the are, are the cool figures that you can pull them out and whatever else. But you can't it, – it's hard for me to describe. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, because I remember like uh, the uh, – I can't remember who – I think it was Burger King had the – or it might have been McDonald's. I don't remember which one. Uh, it was probably McDonald's actually now that I think about it. The Batman and Robin glasses. Right. And then like the Hercules – the Disney Hercules plates, right? Yeah, like or uh, do you remember what 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 was the name? Which of the fast food restaurants had the little grapes? You know, for or the raisins, the California raisins. Uh, that you, was before my time, but my mom had a bunch of them, and I played with those a lot when I was like three. Yeah, it was the same thing. The I mean, the collectibles that came from things like that were so much different than they are now. Yeah. So okay. Now that we've gone down that nostalgic fast food uh, adventure, uh, let's talk. <laughs> Don't be sorry, Kenneth. Be right. Um, here, okay. So, came out in 1992. We had the always, always amazing Gary Oldman as Dracula, uh, Winona Ryder as Mina Harker, 
the also always amazing Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing and Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker. Uh, those are our, our main four people for this movie. We also have the uh, the Carrie Ilwes, uh, the Princess Bride dude. He was in this movie. Um, Isn't that the same guy that was in Men's Heights? Yes. Him. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fantastic, but he really doesn't stand out in this movie. Um, we had a budget of $40 million, and worldwide the gross was uh, $215.9 million. Well, it definitely made its money. Yeah, the, in America it made like $80 million. Wow. Yeah, so... If you don't know the story of Dracula and you're listening to this podcast, I have to question why you're listening to this podcast, and I assume it's because you masturbate to our voices or something, because everyone should know the story for Dracula in its many, many forms. Uh, This one kind of borrows stuff from the original book, the 1931 version, the 1958 Hammer version. It borrows kind of from all of them and just kind of mixes and mashes it all together yeah um the the thing about i've got the blu-ray for this and so the thing about it that really really got me is that uh coppola wanted to do and he did all of the all of the visual effects he did them practically except for one which would be, I think it was the uh, the little blue things. The, the blue the, flame is the only optical effect in the movie. Everything else was in camera on set with no pro, no post production work. Yeah, and, and, and when you're, <laughs> dude, when you see them put it together, I don't know if you watch special features on on whatever version you got, but when you watch them put it together, I I, I was dumbfounded at how. And they did it the same way that they did it back in the day with like silent films and the original cuts of like the uh, the the old Dracula movies and Nosferatu and stuff. I was dumbfounded at yeah. how they put some of this stuff together. Yeah, and they pulled they pulled some awesome uh, King Kong shot and shot shit also. Right, right, right. You know, like they did this one scene, and I have to, and I and I, and I thought this was just awesome. They did this one scene where you where you see uh, Keanu Reeves come come down a set of stairs, and you've got rats crawling upside down across a uh, it's like a metal beam inside the castle. So the shot is looking at him, uh, you know, right side up. But in the top of the frame, you see the rats crawling upside down. And the way they did that is they they took the film and they shot. They, they they put something inside the camera to cover up the bottom of the film itself so it couldn't impose the image onto the film and they shot like a third of the film with the rats crawling across and then flipped it over and then and then covered the part where the where the rats crawled across with that same thing to cover the film and then shot the spot where Keanu Reeves comes down and so when they took the the uh, the thing to cover the film up away both of those were were exposed onto the film at the same time yeah and it's actually kind of funny uh so his original visual effects team uh when he insisted he wanted to do this old school no computer trickery kind of stuff um they told him it was impossible after hearing what he wanted to do so he fired the entire team right and he he hired he hired his son to do it and and i gotta give him credit that was probably a great decision because Going back and like when I watched it 
when I watched this movie when uh, when it first came out, I never really paid attention to that kind of thing. And then going back and watching all the special features on the Blu-ray, I was like, wow. I mean, like, it, it's just, if, for people out there listening, if you never get the Blu-ray with the making of it on it, watch it. Because some of the stuff that they do to accomplish these shots is phenomenal. Yeah, um, definitely. Just so the big thing I want to point out in this movie is uh, this movie is a visual movie. Um, because when it comes to story, editing, and pacing, this is the 1992 version of Batman versus Superman. Um, it yeah. jumps around constantly. The pacing is very weird. Uh, but you kind of don't give a shit because the story is so good. The acting is so good. I'm sorry, I said the story is so good. The story, while good, isn't done in a way... Uh, it's very confusing. It jumps around a lot. So the framework for the story is good. The execution, not so much. But visually, this is amazing. It's awesome to look at. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching it and looking at all the details um, of it. But uh, unfortunately... Because it tried to be so artistic, it real a lot of times would throw me completely out of the movie. Like, I never got engrossed in this story because there would just be times where all, out of nowhere, Anthony Hopkins as Helsing just gets all super eccentric because everyone in this movie is eccentric. Like, no one, and I mean no, well, except for Keanu, and that's just because he doesn't, he didn't know how to act eccentric. Everyone in this movie is fucking crazy. Well, did you uh, when you when you were looking into it? Did you uh, did you read any things about the stuff they did before they started filming? Uh, yeah, they spent two whole days, the whole cast or the whole main cast, reading Bram Stoker's Dracula to each other. No, it wasn't that. It was before that. Coppola oh. had them in like a uh, had had the cast in in what used to be his acting school for like a month. Jesus. Yeah, just hanging out and doing different, I think it was a month, it may have been a little shorter, but either way, it may have been like two weeks, either way, it was like two weeks or a month, and he had them in there, and they all had to stay, and, and they were doing these exercises, And but the exercises were not like your normal acting exercises, like they would be throwing sounds at each other, if that makes sense. I feel like um, Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman were just in there trying to out-act each other. Like, could you it, see those two, like, going to war over and acting, like, who can act the best? I can, but I could see that more now. Who do you think, who do you think is the better, the better actor? In this movie, who do you think is the better actor? Anthony Hawkins. Really? Yeah, because there was one part in this movie that threw me off for Gary Oldman's acting. And it was a scene where uh, they're, they're having that whole lovemaking scene where he cuts his chest open and lets Mina drink the blood out of it. Oh, yeah, and we find out Gary Oldman has super tiny nipples. Right, and, and right after that he turns into the bat and the rats and all that. Yeah, oh, that rat scene was fucking awesome, though. Yeah, that was real good. But my point is is that I did not... I, I, I didn't feel it, man. When I, when I was, when I was, uh, when I was watching it, I was like... I found it more humorous, that whole scene, than what I was supposed to be feeling. Because I knew what I was supposed to be feeling, but I found it more humorous than it, anything else. It kind of felt like 80s like eighty softcore porn. Right. It did not feel real to me See, at all. 
I had um, the same kind of feeling towards Anthony Hopkins. Like, for instance, uh, the scene where he's like, uh, 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 Princess Bride says, an autopsy on Lucy, and Anthony Hopkins goes, not exactly. I just want to cut her head off and take her heart out. I, it is just that, like, I thought that was funny. It was funny. And it, a lot of times when Anthony Hopkins talks in this movie, it's fucking hilarious. But that's a problem. It takes me out of the movie. Well, see, his, char- his character, um, when I was watching the special features, he wanted his character to be like that because he wanted it to seem like he wasn't... He, he wanted it to seem like he cared for for the other people around him. But at the same time, his sole focus was that he had been chasing after this vampire for however many years that he had been doing it. It wasn't one of those things where he just came across, you know, the idea of it. It was, you know, he was Van Helsing and he was chasing after a vampire and he knew that Dracula was, was this big badass, you know, not the only vampire, but you know, one of the big badass fathers of vampires. So, you know, that was, that was kind of the thing about it. He wanted it to be, yeah, I do care about these people. I'm trying to save their lives, but at the same time, it's not. I'm not so engrossed in it emotionally that you know I'm not going to be who I am, dude. When he gets like all super excited about the vampires, it's really cute. Like when uh, they're going, they're like first all getting together and they're, to get on the uh, the stagecoach and everything. Like he's all like super excited. Let's go and like it was really cute. But I also felt like maybe he was trying really hard to not. Uh, not be Hannibal Lecter like because this character really is kind of like while on the same spectrum of genius is like on the other side of Hannibal Lecter I got you I can see where you're going with that I think one of my favorite scenes with Anthony Hopkins and and this one is not a powerful scene at all it was uh, when he's sitting there and he's talking about the vampires and the wind outside and he's laughing constantly Oh yeah, yeah. That was probably one of my favorite scenes because at the end of it, he's like, uh, he says something to the dude, and then he's like, "I starve, feed me." Yeah, <laughs> I cracked up, man. Um, but overall, I think, I honestly think that the acting for Anthony Hopkins was better because, I, I you know, when I was younger and I watched this movie, you know, I, I, I guess I didn't have the the mental the mental capabilities younger at, at a younger age to to take it in like I did it, you know now that I'm in my 30s and I just I couldn't I couldn't feel that love between either one of those characters between you know Dracula or Mina I could not feel the love at that point between either one of them to me it seemed it like it was scripted like it was not real you know, and th- and that's one of the greatest things about scenes like that is because if you can get the right two actors together to do a scene where you can feel it like you're there, you can feel it in your heart and in your emotions that these two people love each other so much that, you know, she is going to, you know, live for she's willing to live forever with this creature just to be with him. And then you've got him on the other side who's been through so much turmoil and has renounced God, his faith, the the faith that he killed thousands of people for, you know, and and, and then his, 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 the love of his life at this point had killed herself, the, the pain and the anguish that would cause something to cause this creature to be born as it is 
I did not feel it from him. Well, I okay. didn't. Well, I I dis I disagree with you on him. I felt that he was definitely in this. But I want to point out something because I watched uh, the 1931 Dracula and the 1958 Dracula uh, today because um, mm-hmm. I wanted kind of a, pers- a perspective and I noticed something between all three movies. The love between Mina and Dracula feels hollow and fake in all three movies. And it didn't click into my head until just now when you were saying this, but it should feel hollow because it is hollow. She only loves him because he's using his vampiric powers. And to be honest, like when you look at it from, so like it should feel hollow on her side because it's not real. And then for him, it it's going to feel hollow because for one, how do you even react to this? Like the reincarnation of the love you lost centuries ago is right in front of you it just kind of falls in your lap out of nowhere like there's times where i'm especially in this version and i think this version did it really well where i'm watching it and i oh and i can kind of see him as like that high school kid that's like finally talking to his crush and he's like being super smooth to impress her but at the same time you can tell like he's like please don't fuck up please don't fuck up please don't fuck up like, I get that from him. He he comes off as that, like, high school boy to me. And, like, I actually thought that was the one thing this movie did really well. And, in fact, it's, like, really the only thing, story-wise, that I felt it did better than the other two Dracula movies. And, see, I can I can get where you're coming from with the giddy as a schoolboy kind of deal. Uh, but at the same time... I, I, I do not think, in my personal opinion, like where you said where hers should be hollow. I don't think that. Because, okay, yeah, he used his, his ability to seduce her and bring her to him. But after that, it's on her. Um, no. And, and, and the way I see it, this is the this is the way I see it. I don't, I, I personally do not feel like it was... Once, once, once he was past that whole, uh, for lack of a better term, that glimmer, you know, to to catch her attention and to get her interested in him. I mean, because that goes back to that scene um, they filmed it. How uh, Francis Coppola did it when 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 he's young for the first time and he's going through the town and they filmed it in the old in the old uh, silent silent film uh, camera style. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about because the, the, the point I was actually going to bring up to you is in that scene. Right. Okay, so at, at that at that moment, and just for people out there, uh, he really, Francis Coppola actually filmed that with an old silent film era camera. Ex- yeah, my only issue, my, this isn't my topic I wanted to bring up to you, but uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Coppola, shame on you. You know that, that f- the, the movie you were showing in the background was running way too smoothly for older movies from that time period. It should have been way choppier, and you know that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so was... Um, but where I was going with that yeah. is that was the glimmer right there. That was that moment Here's... You know, where, where the glimmer came in. But I, I, but after the, I honestly think that after the interest was there, I don't think he was using the, the hypnotic powers of the vampire after that. Okay, so here's the thing. 
because she took let's, off. You can, yeah, let's talk about this. Okay. He's entrancing her, and then all of a sudden she's like, okay, whoa, whoa, no, I can't do this. I've got to go. He pushes her into a different room, holds her down. She fights back, um, and, he, you, and he actually lets her go because of the wolf, and then he walks up and is like, hey, Wolfie, calm the fuck down. I'm trying to press my lady bitch. And she's like, oh, my God, you just tried to possibly rape me, but you can calm a, a, a wolf? Oh, my God, how fascinating. And I'm like, really? You you dumb broad. Like, that is the part to me <laughs> where I just automatically said that this teacher Let's, let's throw that back up on the teacher who is relatively smart uh, is is under a hypnotic vampiric spell because there's no way this broad was just like, oh, you about raped me, but is that a wolf? Can I pet it? Like, that's an internet meme. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Take into consideration, though. That this is not this, this is not taking place in the twentieth slash twenty first or the twenty first century. This is not taking place in the twenty first century. Whereas back then, in, in in my opinion, back then it wouldn't take you know a whole lot for to go from the roughness of that to another thing that just goes into smoke and mirrors. I personally so, just don't think it would have been you know like it is now. So you're telling me in 1840-what-the-fuck-ever, if I can control a wolf, I can get as much dumb broad pussy as I possibly can? Absolutely. Holy shit. I've been living my life all wrong. You know, back then, they didn't have all the crap that we've got now that we've got to go through to get laid. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like now you've got to have, you know, to have to get a really, really hot chick, you got to have millions of dollars or game out the ass. Have you seen the internet? All you need is, like, a fluffy puppy and you're in. This, this, Francis Ford Coppola created that meme in 1992. He truly is uh, a seer of the future. Fuck it. I, and, uh, I just, uh, I think that's just something we'll disagree on because, like, I feel like she was completely under the vampiric spell because it like even in the 1931 dracula movie she when she when mina becomes under the dracula spell, she was like all in love with john harker and then she's like no john harker you can't even touch me anymore dad explain this to him all right well either way yeah we can disagree on that but either way i did not see i i did not feel the power of her hypnotic spell or his love for her i just didn't feel it yeah, I just, I just, I just didn't. I mean, see, I mean, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, there's one thing that happens before this that actually would work better with your theory. She never introduces herself to him, but right before they go to the theater, he calls her Mina, and she doesn't says a doesn't say a fucking word about it. And I'm like, you were saying no a second ago, and now. He says your name, and all of a sudden, you're like, okay, let's go to the theater, even though I didn't tell you my name, and you know it. That's not weird at all. Yeah, if you did some shit like that nowadays, you're probably going to get shot. Like, oh, you've been on my Facebook? Yeah, exactly. Some fucking weirdo, you stalking me, you know my name? Yeah, you're finna get shot. Police! So, so I want to talk uh, real quick about the beginning of this movie. Um, 
I really, really enjoyed Dracula Untold, but oh my god, would have would this version of of that story, the beginning part of this movie, would have been so much better as Dracula Untold. Like Dracula Untold, so dreary and gray, but that red, the the red that they used for this uh, was amazing. I would love to see the prequel to the 1992 movie where he actually goes to war, becomes Dracula, wins the war because he is Dracula, all in this, like, blood red with his red, uh, looks like muscle armor. Like That was my favorite thing about the armor is that it, it reminded me of Hellraiser. Yeah, and then, like, uh, the cross that he stabs and it bleeds out everywhere and the top of the cross looks like a penis... Yeah, that, um, that, that whole scene, the beginning of it, I agree with you there. Yeah. All of that, all of that together. The only fantastic. thing, the only thing I didn't like is uh, in the beginning is okay. She jumped into the river. They got her body back. She doesn't look all that wet, but I guess she could be, or she. But she, okay, she has blood on her face that you would think would have been washed off by the river, but she also has blood on her note. Did she slit her wrist before she jumped and they just forgot to include that scene or, or, or like, what? And, it, and then a second later, it doesn't matter because there's just blood everywhere. Like, as it pours out of the cross. I don't know. I didn't actually think about it until you said something, but... It, it caught my eye and then, like... And then, like, yeah. if we go to, like, the next part after this, the Jonathan Harker part. Uh, if I was him, I would have been noping this whole thing, like... Fucking wolves? Nope. Fucking dude shows up looking like Sauron from Lord of the Rings trilogy? Nope. I am not getting in there. Go fuck yourself. Again, and, and I, this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. Again, you got to look at the difference in the time period. This you know, motherfucker it was, it was, showed up like he was about to battle fucking trees for the one ring. Okay, and like, and it's cool that it's that 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 is Gary Oldman in the suit because that's very much like uh, in the book, uh, Dracula is actually the one who's driving the fucking coach, and right. he he's disguised. But like, that dude showed up like he was ready for war. I, I actually liked the the suit that he was wearing. He looked like a boss in Dark Souls. Exactly, I liked that, but. Like I said, you got to think about the time period. You know, there uh, to go and and spend, you know, two or three days, and then later a month in this castle for for somebody you're trying to help. You know, back then there were phones, and uh, if there was phones, it was rare. And I don't even think there were phones at this time period. Uh, there were not. But uh, you know, uh, I think it was what telegraphs and notes, and yeah. not even telegraphs. Uh, but either way, um, so. In this time period, you didn't have internet and all the rest of that stuff that we've got now. Where you know, uh, if we had if we had internet back then, Dracula could have just bought you know his places all over London with clicks of a mouse. I think they had internet because Dracula knew that if you had a dog, you could get into any bitch you want. Right, but my point is is that it it, it wasn't it it wasn't unheard of, especially in in Harker's line of work. So. I, I, I can see I can see where he would go out there now for him to stand at composure for as long as he did before he said anything that's a little different because the moment that I noticed when I'm standing at the door and I noticed that the shadow does not match up 
with this guy? That's a nope know. moment. I'm getting no. the fuck out of there. No, it's not a nope moment for me. It would have been more like, all right, what the fuck is going on? See, and that's why you would have get killed. I would have fucking ran and probably got killed by wolves, but still. Yeah, but at this current moment, the difference between me and a lot of people is that if I had the opportunity to be a vampire, I'd be all on that shit. Yeah, you sparkly motherfucker. So, okay. Fuck like, you. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. But uh, let's let's talk about Keanu real quick because if there's <laughs> one thing people like to complain about in this movie, it's Keanu. And I don't blame them. His acting is so subpar and stiff. Um, oh, and that wig that they had on him to have gray hair? Yeah. Like and shit. His accent was terrible. Like, he looks like he just constantly was like, Trying so hard not to speak in a California tone and say "dude" at the end of everything. That's the reason why when I told you that that I wanted to do this, I made that comment about you know a surfer back then or a surfer in Dracula. Yeah, that that there there's actually a uh, 1950s Elvis version of this where uh, Dracula actually gets beat in the surf off by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> uh, so. So you wish, dude. yeah, uh, while people always bring that up, it's kind of, it, it amazed me. I was like, well, you know what? That's a good point. Like, could Francis not see that he was not acting up to par? What was up with that? So I looked into it. Uh, that was not his first choice. It wasn't even his choice. His first choice was Johnny Depp, which I think would have been super fun. Uh, but Johnny Depp was off doing crazy Benny and June shit at this time, I think. Um, but the studio actually wanted him because he was, like, gaining in popularity. Uh, he was really big at the time, and he was one of the biggest heartthrobs at the time. So the studio wanted him, and Francis really didn't get much say in it. I find it amusing at how you can go from, <laughs> how you can go from doing Bill and Ted to doing Dracula. Well, you just need a little speed. Either way, speed... Black Beauties, whatever, Quaaludes, whatever it takes. I was it's talking just, about the movie speed. Oh, I was talking about drugs. Oh. Quaaludes never done drugs in his life. He's a good boy. Either way, this was before he... he. That's one thing that I got to give Keanu Reeves credit for. Going from movies like Bill and Ted and having that whole... That whole surfer, surfer kind of accent and, and 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 all that to such a seasoned actor that he is now is to me it's great. Now don't get me wrong, there has been a few movies that he's put out recently that are kind of meh, but overall he 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 actually turned out to be a very good actor and from what I understand, a really really good human being. Um. Actor-wise, I've I've never ever been really impressed with him. Um, I think he does. I think he does an okay job. I th he's he's like another version of Nicolas Cage to me, but less crazy. He kind of plays the same thing over and over to me. Uh, my favorite movie by him is Devil Advocate. Um, that movie was just fantastic. Yeah, I mean that. But that right there is a prime example. Okay, going back in time in an elevator to that. Yeah, but the thing is, is I will give Keanu props on one thing. Even he admits that his acting in this was subpar. He has gone on record to say, I had done a bunch of movies back to back to back. I was really exhausted, and I just could not give the energy uh, that I should have gave for this movie. And, and, and 
I agree with you. At least he at least he admitted it. Yeah. And 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 you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the, he's not the only actor in the world that's ever done that. Um, you know, as much as the the movie Blood Rain the you know sucked on its own. I mean, look at Michael Madsen's acting in that. To look at his acting in a lot of things. Um, but you know, some of some of the stuff that he's in is really good. But that 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 that's one of those things that kind of puts uh, certain celebrities in. I, I put I put certain acting celebrities in two different categories. I put them either as an actor or a movie star. Okay, a movie star is a person who is the same person in every movie they're in. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. You go, and an actor is a person that is in a bunch of movies and can literally be somebody else in each one. Like, for instance, um, I see Will Smith as an actor. Yeah. Because there, even though a lot of times he's the same, you know, he's the same kind of cocky guy that he is, there are some aspects where he he can change who he is. Um, I've seen moments where Brad Pitt has been an actor. Uh, yeah, Brad Pitt is actually, I feel like a lot of people would put Brad Pitt in the movie star status, but I'm sorry, he is a fantastic actor. He He can do so much with so little. At this point in his career... To me, Jack Nicholson is a movie star. Oh yeah, he's he's done. Um, he's he's done. But like Gary Oldman is a perfect example of an actor. Like in this movie, he plays like three different people, like at the same time. In my opinion, the pinnacle of Gary Oldman, seeing him in stuff, the pinnacle for me was what he did in uh, Hannibal. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, man, Gary Oldman's been in so many just good roles, like, even, uh, him in, like, Fifth Element. Right. Like, it's just a, a pleasure to watch him act. But in Hannibal, man, I mean, I didn't, the first time that I saw that, uh, I saw it in the theater with my dad, and the first time that I saw Hannibal, I did not realize that was who it was. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. Back, I went back, and I was like. Gary Oldman was Mason? Oh my god. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that was insane him in that movie. So, and then he's been in so much other good stuff. Yeah. So, okay, I want to talk about another funny uh bit of trivia. You remember the wedding scene between uh Reeves and Ryder? Mhm. So, that was a reshoot. Um and uh, they didn't realize till after the reshoot that they actually got married. Wait, what? They got married. Like, Keanu and uh, uh, Winona actually technically got married. That was a... They didn't realize till act- afterwards that the, uh, like, Greek Orthodox, Greek Orthodox church that they were at did the correct ceremony and actually technically married them under the eyes of God. That's funny. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um... Do you think do you think this movie was bloody enough for you? Actually, in in my opinion for a vampire movie, I think it was too bloody. You know what? So did the test audience. There is around 25 minutes of footage removed from this movie to make it less bloody and gory. I, I, because when all right, the the key factor of a vampire man is to drink the blood. 
And and when you're seeing all the wolf scenes and stuff like that, he's just splattering blood all over the place. And I'm like, you're supposed to be drinking. Yeah, I, I liked I liked the um, the wolf scenes though. To be honest with you, but I mean, uh, you know me, cool. I love werewolves. Yeah, um, the wolf itself was awesome, but the the whole aspect of you know uh, him going in there and blood flying all over the place, like he's tearing people apart and whatever. You know the same thing when he was uh, he was he was chowing down on uh, on uh, what was the red haired girl's name? Um, fuck. I don't remember now. Lucy. Lucy. Okay, yeah. When he's chowing down on Lucy, man, he you know he goes to bite her neck. She's got these two little wounds in there, like those like stereotypical vampire stuff, and and blood's flying all over the place. Yeah, no, you're right. There's a couple of things that are like just really odd in this movie. Like they're when they take towards the end of the movie when they take Mina to safety, they're like, "We're gonna put you in an insane asylum because you'll be safe." With lunatics right. screaming in the background, you'll you'll be completely safe here. I was like, "What? The fuck are you talking about?" And the, and then what makes it even more crazy that particular thing is when a few minutes later you see her all done down, like you know she's just chilling at home. She's in her nightgown, her hair's down, and whatever. I'm sorry in a in in a, in a situation like that where I'm in an unfamiliar place and. I can look out the window and see my old man and his buddies tearing up these boxes where there was a vampire. I just don't think that I would be quite that eased. Yeah. The, and there's, uh, I really, like, the soundtrack for this movie is really, really good, but I really hate during certain parts in this movie where they have uh, sound effects in the score. It happened a lot during, uh, when they're at Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. All this like weird like moaning going on in the soundtrack in the background. I, I didn't like that. It always just kept taking me out of it. Um, but then there's positive things like uh, really high quality syphilis jokes in this movie. <laughs> um, I also Gary Oldman is such a good actor that when he's crying because he read her note, he straight up like turns into like his face turns into the cowardly lion. Except the albino version, and I was like, "How is someone that good of an actor to do that?" There are things. Uh, I mean, like I said, going back and watching it as a, a in my thirties, there are a lot of things that just kind of. When I was watching it, I, I was just like, "You know, why, why, why do you, why are you making these type these types of choices?" I mean, it's it it. The overall, the visual uh, effects of the movie were great, um, you know, things like that. But there are certain things, little shit, that's just why? Why would you make this choice? It's it it doesn't fit. Yeah, like even though I really like the look of Dracula's eyes in the sky, I was just like, is he the fucking vampiric version of Skynet? What the fuck is going on? Right. I mean, and the way they did that shot was awesome. Yeah, it just like I said, I feel like this movie is great to watch uh, visually, um, but they sacrifice a lot for artistic measure with the visuals. And the original 1931 does this so much better. It's so much more subtle. And uh, the, my biggest actual complaint about this movie is I fucking hate what they did to Renfield because Renfield in the first uh, in the 1931 is so good. Especially when he's just talking all crazy and he's like, rats, rats, hundreds and thousands of rats. Like, 
it's awesome. And then in this movie, he's such a side character who doesn't do anything. They don't show anything about him. You just get introduced to him in the insane asylum. You don't see him any time before that. And it's just terrible. Like, and, and there was a lot more of him in the book, too. Yeah, like, I really hated that. Like, to me, like, if I had to rank the three big Dracula movies, that being the Bela Lugosi 1931, the Christopher Lee Hammer uh, Dracula from 1958, and this one, I, Bela Lugosi 1931 is actually the best, with a .5, go, 1.5, the Spanish version. If you've never watched the Spanish version... Watch it. It was shot at like the same time on the same sets, just with Spanish actors and uh, act like cinematography wise. It has some of the most beautiful shots ever and blows the American version out of the water. But the American version has the better like acting because the the Spanish version is kind of campy to me. Yeah, and I've heard the same thing. I've heard that the the uh, the visualizations of the Spanish version was so much better. But. It was when you have like Dracula on the staircase in the Spanish one, the camera actually like dips down and then dips up and comes up the stairs to his face and this beautiful like crane shot. It's so nice. So I, I haven't actually got to watch the Spanish version myself, but I want to. Super good. Uh, so like I was saying, like the Bela Lugosi version is the definitive version. Now, when it comes to the Hammer version of this version... I actually will say I would pr- probably get more enjoyment watching the 92 version because the Hammer version is really slow, really dry. The acting is, is good, but it's it's just super slow and dry. But the ending fight scene, Van Helsing is a star of the 58 version. Way more than the other two ones because he's, he's, he's like an action star in this movie. Peter Cushing just rocks it. Um... And I love the ending fight scene. It's so good. But I probably will say, while I think it's a better movie than the 1992 version, I would probably have a funner time watching the 1992 version if I was on drugs. Right. I mean, and that's that, that's one thing that I can say uh, about the 1992 version is uh, overall, looking back on it now, it's just a fun watch to me. Yeah. And um, and I, I was curious as to how people rated this. So, uh, the IMDb rating for the 1992 Dracula is a 7.5 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 78. Uh, The 1931 Dracula has a 7.6 from IMDb, with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 91. Uh, And interestingly enough, the horror of Dracula, which is the 1958 Christopher Lee one, has a 7.4 on IMDb, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 91 also, which I don't think it should get a 91. I'm thinking maybe an 88, but whatever. I'm not Rotten Tomatoes. Thank God. Yeah, I know. Your village would be in such a bad position. No, dude, I'm, so, I, I'm almost afraid to say how I feel about Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. But, okay, so... If, now, Kenneth, if you could take another Universal Monster movie and give it the the artistic makeover that this movie has, what would you want to see done? The Mummy. The Mummy, okay. The, the original Mummy is actually, like, a really, really good movie, but, like, if you expect to see, like, the iconic Mummy, you're not going to get a lot out of that. 
And see, that's the the reason why I want to do the Mummy is because okay, they they tried to revitalize it with the one with Brendan Fraser in it. Now they got another one coming out with Tom Cruise. And I, what they're and what they're going to do is is the Tom Cruise version is going to be a remake of the Brendan Fraser version. Yeah. Pretty you much. Know? And the original and and the original Mummy movie to me was not an action movie; it's a drama. Oh, a hundred percent! It was so good too. Exactly, and and that's what I want to see. I want to see the drama. I don't want to. I, I, I could, you know, if I want to watch all the all the all the craziness and whatever else, I, I of 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 that particular thing, I can fucking watch Indiana Jones. Yeah, but I will say I did like the Brendan Fraser Mummy. I mean, don't get me wrong; I enjoyed it, but that's not what I want to see in a, in, in a Mummy movie. I enjoyed watching those and I own them, but that's not what I want to see now in a mummy movie. Like I said, to me, they they tried to take a universal, uh, a universal classic and add Indiana Jones together because Brendan Fraser's character reminded me of Indiana Jones. No, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Um, I'm actually torn because I I really don't know if I would rather see um, Wolfman or Creature from the Black Lagoon. Because I don't know if they, like, with the Wolfman, artistically, they could do so much cool stuff with it. But at the same time, like, I would love to see, like, underwater stuff with the Creature from the Black Lagoon. But I feel like there's not a lot of artistic room in Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's very much one place, one setting, um, and a very limited setting. Yeah, see, I think it'd be cool with the Creature from the Black Lagoon. I just think they'd fuck it up. I think they that one. That's another one of those. That's that's the reason why I wouldn't choose it is because that one's another one of those that's got a that's got a place in my heart at this current moment. That is the only original Universal monster movie that I own. Is the creature from the Black Lagoon? The creature from the Black Lagoon is my all time favorite Universal monster movie. The Wolfman is like right underneath it, but and it's the same with me. That is my favorite, and I don't want them to fuck with it. Yeah, I agree. I'll be interested to see what they do. With it, um, I think they'll probably have a more like a monster squad creature if they do anything new with it. But you know, and the Wolfman. I mean, there's so many werewolf movies out there that you know, and so many good ones that I just the werewolf at at this point in time, it's not that I think the werewolf mythos is played out. I just it's one of those where there's so many werewolf things that if you try to do Wolfman, they already tried to do it once. Yeah, and I really didn't care. It was okay, but I, I want my Wolfman in a flannel t-shirt. Right. They already tried to do it once, so it's like, okay, and that didn't do that hot, so just go ahead and leave it alone because there's so many other people that are making fantastic werewolf movies that the Wolfman really doesn't need to be fucked with. Um, we've seen great versions of Frankenstein, in uh, my personal, one of my personal favorites, aside from the the original uh, Universal Monster movie, one of my personal favorites is the one with Kenneth Branagh in it. Have Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Yeah, have you ever watched any of the Hammer versions? Yes, they're super good. Like those are also really really good. Um, the Hammer never... movies are a little bit harder to watch because they are very dry and slow moving, but they're they're still really really good. Well, I like Hammer flicks anyway. But uh, I th- I'd probably have to say that's my favorite version of Frankenstein. 
Except for they got that new one out. That's, that new one that's out now called, uh, I think it's like Victor Frankenstein, and it's got uh, Dude from Wanted in it and, uh, and X-Men and uh, Danny Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but um, I also have not heard anything about it. I don't know anyone who's seen it, if it was good or bad or anything. So if you saw it, audience, please tell me. Should I watch it? Should I not? Yeah, because uh, you're right. That was one of those things where it's like I saw a trailer, and the next thing you know, the movies and the movies out on DVD. Yeah. Did you watch I Frankenstein? No, but I heard it was decent. It was fucking terrible. Was it? Yes. Oh man, I wish I could get that fucking time of my life back. That was. I just no. It was. It okay. Do you, you remember the Van Helsing movie? Right. So think of that. I actually watched that because it's fun. It is fun, but take the fun out of it. And then I, you know, I've got a hard on for Hugh Jackman. So, uh, yeah, but I'm like, take Hugh Jackman out of the movie, take the fun out of the movie, and you have I Frankenstein. Okay, I still might give it a watch. I'd probably have to say the newest. Uh, I, I brought Dracula Untold was pretty good. I really enjoyed Dracula Untold. Um, so okay, let's let's get to the important question. You have to kill someone from this cast. Who are you killing? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Hard mode, you cannot say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I probably have to say, man, Winona Ryder. Is it because you want to have sex with her dead body? No. Oh, okay, I was just checking. I didn't. I, 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 I told you before we even started recording this, I thought her acting was shit. I thought she did a good job. but uh, I did not if, like it at all. If anyone wants to know why I made the dead body joke, it's not because Kenneth uh, is a huge fan of Necromantic or anything. but we have Necrophilia. A, no, Necro, I meant the movie Necromantic. Oh, okay. Um, Jesus, Kenneth. Uh, <laughs> so we have a Facebook group chat where we do all our talking and everything, and everyone has nicknames. Uh, and Kenneth is Corpse Fucker. Uh, Jay is Slasher Extreme, and I don't know what mine is because I never get to see mine. Jaws fan. Jaws. Really? That's it? I'm Jaws fan? It's Jaws fan something something. I can't remember. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, uh, that, so, okay. If I had to kill anyone in this movie, it would actually, uh, it's gonna be my very, very, very beloved Renfield because... I just I need to put him out of his misery. I hate what they did to him. I just want I just want him to go to sleep. I'll put him on a farm. He'll be able to run and play. I, hear you. I, I was just very upset by that. Um, okay, now we got to rate this movie. Um, I I'll give it a six. It's really fun to watch, um, and I give it a six because the acting and visuals are so good, but the pacing, editing, and uh, story is just kind of all over the place, and they fucked up Renfield. Um, I'd probably have to go with a five, and the only reason why I'd even give it a five is because of how awesome the visual effects were, and Anthony Hopkins. I honestly did a six because I thought you were gonna do like a seven, and I wanted to be under you because nope. like I didn't want to be too I didn't want to be too nice with the movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like I gave the village so much more over this movie. Oh God, yeah. Like, uh, there's potential in the village, and in this movie, like all the there's potential in Dracula, but the problem is, is all the potential is is worth losing for the visual effects. 
And once you see the visual effects, you're just like, oh, that's so good. I guess I'll forgive everything else. But, like, when you realistically look at it, you know it's not great. Did you ever see that uh, that movie that they put out? I think it was called, like, Dracula, Prince of Darkness or something like that. But it was like a TV movie. And it was different because the whole of the movie was about Vlad the Impaler. Hmm. Yeah, like it I was, it was, it was him. It was Vlad while he was going through all the wars and stuff that he was fighting for his country. Oh and, shit! Yeah, really? it, it and it, it it didn't get to any of the Dracula stuff until like the last five minutes of the movie versus oh. versus Dracula Untold, where it where it's like you know the first half hour is the is the stuff where you know Vlad's fighting for his country and whatever else. This one is more historic to the Vlad the Impaler story. Oh, I got to see this. Yeah, it was really cool. It, and, um, you know, it talks about how he got the Impaler name, um, him sitting there, you know, at a table drinking the blood as it's falling down from people he's impaled on the spears and, and how badass of a uh, prince that he was and, you know, how uh, his tactics at war and stuff like that to win his battles. I mean, the whole nine. That, yeah, I'll have to hunt that down. Um, but anyway, that's Dracula 1992 version. Uh, please tell us how you feel. Um, but before we go, uh, Kenneth, guess what I have for you? Sure. I have two more Bad Idea remakes. What you got? Okay, I'm going to start off with the easy one. Okay. Halloween 3, Part 2, Season of the Pyramid Scheme. What? Halloween 3, Part 2, Season of the Pyramid Scheme. Once, once he realizes his mask idea doesn't work, he actually goes into pyramid schemes and gets all your friends on Facebook to try to sell you dietary supplements and green tea. Oh my god. <laughs> I said these were bad idea remakes. Okay. Wow. Um, Alright, now, the next one, I'm going to say, and I really... I Last time I tried to make you throw up, this time I'm going to really try to make you throw up. Uwe Bowles... The Exorcist. I'll kill you. <laughs> oh my god. I. <laughs> you had better be glad that we are five hours apart from each other. Because if you were uh, sitting next to me, you would be have lost some teeth with that. Uh, I just like I was sitting here thinking like I had my Halloween three one, and I was like I need another one, and I was like thinking about like okay, what are the ten out of ten horror movies? And I started going through them, and I was like, okay, what's the worst of the worst directors? And so I just kind of matched up Uwe Boll and The Exorcist. And he's actually going to, like, he's going to have uh, uh, Joel Mortez, or Chloe Mortez, the chick who played uh, Carrie in the remake, and the chick from Kick-Ass. He's going to have her play The Exorcist, but he's actually going to uh, only talk to her in German, so she doesn't know how to act the whole movie. Hmm. <laughs> It, so is she going to be the actual exorcist, or is she going to be the possessed girl? No, she's going to be the exorcist. We're gender swapping in this one. Uh, Reagan is actually played uh, by a boy, um, and he's gay, and his parents are huge Ronald Reagan fans and huge Republicans, and they uh, hate their son, and uh, he's not actually possessed. Uh, they just think he is because they're Republicans and he's gay. So they're going to send him to fucking cheerleader camp or whatever it was? Did you ever see that movie? No, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Oh, there was this movie where this chick, um, God, what was it? What's the chick's name? She was in, um, it doesn't matter. Either, either way, she was like, it's called because, I, it, but I'm a cheerleader. That's the name of the movie. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, you should check it out. It's one of the, it's, it's this one where this, uh, this girl, she like, she's a cheerleader and her, she's not gay, but her parents think she is gay. So they send her away to one of them camps to fucking turn her straight and she becomes gay while she's at the camp. Holy shit. That dude, wonderful. dude, it is great. It is so good. Oh my God. I kind of want to see that. Um, it's like it's right up there in the weirdness of uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Jesus. Ugh. Okay. Well, I mean, I think uh, I think that's all I've got uh, for us for this podcast. Do you have any uh, parting words? Um, the the same thing I always say. Uh, any feedback or anything? Any uh, anything that you would like for us to do? In which case, we already do have a request um, that we are we are avidly trying to get on. Um, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, just keep interacting with us and let us know. Um, we are starting to get to where we're getting more feedback. We're getting more comments, uh, more listeners, um, which is great. And, uh, yeah, just let us know what you got going on, what's going on in your head, and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to uh, give you some kind of response. Yep, and if you uh, are listening to this and it's before and you're, it's still September, you have till, I can't remember if it was, I think it was September 22nd or 29th, one of those two, to enter our contest to win a box full of uh, awesome stuff. And to enter the contest, message our Kill the Kid, do not comment, but message the Kill the Cast Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash killcast13, and that's the numbers, one, three, not the word. Um, your idea for a bad movie remake, we've gotten two in. We got one in today, and me and this guy talked about it back and forth and just kept making it worse and worse. <laughs> so we've got two in right now that are both really, really good, and uh, you could get in on this action. Um... But besides that, you can see uh, you can hear us on iTunes and Stitcher. We are also on Podbean, killthecast.podbean.com. We have a YouTube page that you can find on our Facebook that we post cool things like kill the trailer, kill the comparison, uh, straight to the kill, uh, plus more stuff in the future. So, dude, can you imagine what it'd be like to have somebody that was possessed in the Tron universe? Oh, are we doing a, a new segment called Best Remakes Ever? Uh, <laughs> I mean, because I don't know. I just came up with that. I was sitting here looking at my movies while you were talking about that, and I was just like, a possessed chick in the Tron universe. Hmm. Oh, my God. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> the the light saggers just, like, spell out 666. Right? Oh, my God. That's fucking crazy. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so... That's it for Kill to Cast. Thank you for joining us. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, interact with us. We're posting on Facebook a lot, um, doing all kinds of cool stuff, um, and we've got big stuff planned for the future. So we're super glad to have you along for this journey. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on Kill the Cast. Bye bye.